With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Haunting of Hill House is one of the most acclaimed new shows in contention at the Emmys this year. I'm Riley Chow of Gold Derby here with Timothy Hutton, who plays Patriarch Ukraine. Tim, you are a past Emmy nominee and Oscar winner. How does this role stand out in your four decades long career? Well, I, it was a very interesting role to do, a uh, great group of people to work with, um, very interesting process in terms of how we went about the work and rehearsals and everything, um, particularly in, in the episode uh, number six. Um, and it just was a, it was a really um, kind of interesting and challenging and uh, uh, fun, exciting uh, way to get into a role because of the rehearsal process and because uh, Hugh Crane was being played by two people. Um, and um, uh, so uh, uh, Henry and I um, uh, had an interesting time along with Mike Flanagan sort of mapping out who this uh, character was and where he might be in the earlier part of his life when the, when the children were younger um, and where where the character might be uh, as he's older, and sort of how to come up with um, behavior characteristics, characteristics, uh, etc., uh, to kind of um, try to define who he is in in this um, in this piece as a whole. And why is Hugh played by uh, two actors? Uh, we see on TV a lot these days, like Mandy Moore on This Is Us, where she'll play the same character over decades, or Marshall Ali on True Detective. Uh, yeah, why have you and uh, Henry Thomas playing you. Well, I mean, first of all, it was amazing to be able to work with Henry Thomas in, in that way, um, even though, except for two times, uh, the camera caught us both on in, in the same frame. Um, I think it was two times, Mike Flanagan would know better, but uh, it just was, um, it was great to be able to um, uh, approach it. And, and there's another actor that's gonna be playing the, the role at a different, in a different time frame, and it gives you the opportunity. I mean, I don't know what the reason is behind why those choices are made, but as far as um, for the actor, it's a very uh, interesting way to go about a, a role, um, especially if the director is very encouraging, which Mike was, of having Henry and I sort of discuss with him um, who this person is and how could plant the seed early in terms of how this character might react to things and put a lid on other things, um, reveal things early, not reveal things or call back to certain behavioral things, physical uh, traits, et cetera. Not just what the person looks like, but how they move and how they look at people, et cetera. Um, so I don't know, I think for, for a director, my guess is that it's just a interesting way to kind of um, uh, engage the audience with two different people who are playing the same role. And um, sometimes it can be actually the same actor playing a role at different times in, in, in a life can be distracting because um, uh, you're looking at makeup and you're seeing how the person was aged, et cetera. If it's two different people and they 
kind of have worked. They already sort of look in the general ballpark. They kind of look alike or whatever they could look alike. Um, you know, and then, as I said, you work out uh, how they are f in terms of behavior. It can be an interesting process. I think for a director, that's that may be why those choices are made. And what do you think Hugh was up to in between uh, the past and the present storylines? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, what he, <laughs> what he was up to is probably just a lot of thinking, a lot of guilt, a lot of, um, you know, running over what happened with, uh, with the different events in the house. Um, I think a lot of remorse, a lot of, uh, a lot of sadness about missing um, his kids and, and and particularly not particularly but but in addition to just as strongly his wife played by Carla uh and so i think you know he, he was just he's probably up to just a lot of um you know uh thinking about uh, the different events um he he was blamed of course for a lot of things that happened uh and he kind of ran away from it all and now in the story when he emerges as the older Hugh he has to he gets asked by by all of his kids different questions about how things happened, uh, and I think he was prepared for that a little bit, but maybe he didn't have the communication skills to go along with it. Do you think when we see Hugh talking to his wife, that's uh, like actually the ghost of his wife, or is it a manifestation of his subconscious? I think it's a manifestation of his subconscious. What you just said, I think, I don't think it's a ghost, but. Um, uh, it could be a ghost. I think it's one of those open-ended things. It could be both. It could be that he creates a ghost uh, in his own uh, in his own mind. Um, but he, I think that he honestly believes that her presence is there, and he can actually hear her and see her, and he's completely unaware that other people are watching him speak to her uh, in their presence. Uh, now, in the finale, we see uh, that great montage where it shows all the characters in the red room, but we don't really see Hugh in there, and we never see him go in the red room uh, across the season unless it's like explicitly stated. Uh, what do you think was in his version of it? His version of the red room? Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, he, he probably looked at... Uh, I mean, I'm sure he looks at the Red Room as just an extremely dangerous place uh, uh, to be and that, that that became, that embodies everything that went wrong. It all starts there. And it's sort of like, um, you know, that's where the single germ became this massive kind of, you know, uh, illness, virus, uh, disease that that, um, that started to get into the heads um, and and uh, get into the minds of of all the children, um, both when they were young and later when they're older. Uh, I think that he's he certainly has a, he's afraid of the red room. Um, he doesn't know what's in there. He'd rather not know what's in there. So his curiosity about the house, I think, ends at that door um, because he knows that whatever's on the other side of it um, is just um, more powerful than he can ever understand. And of course, when he communicates that to his kids, that only makes them more interested in, um, you know, going in there. Yeah, I have uh, one more question about the finale. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's special of the year. But uh, when he dies, uh, like, how does he die, and how do you, uh, how does that ending sit with you for the character? 
I think he dies of a broken heart. I mean, I think he, I think he dies of, uh, he, 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 he certainly has, has real heart problems. And I think that the, the kind of reunion with his kids and all of the energy and all of the sort of the, the trauma of explanation, the trauma of reliving um, and explaining what happened takes its toll on him, especially when at the end in the finale, when he, he is with um, his wife and choices have to be made and she has certain expectations how the rest of time will be and he has a different idea of how it will be and one involves saving um, I mean I shouldn't say too much if you haven't seen the show uh, but but um, I'll let you know but um, I, I think you, you asked how he dies I think he dies of um, uh, absolute uh, exhaustion and trauma of, of um, you know, um, a love that can't continue, not just with his wife, but in his entire family and everything that he hoped life would be. Uh, now, in doing research for this interview, I tried to find other interviews that you did for The Haunting of Hill House, and I found none. So uh, I'm honored to have the first interview, uh, as far as I can tell. But uh, why did you not do any press for the show in the fall? Uh, well, I did do press uh, when we were doing the when we were doing the um, uh, when we were making the uh, the show, and then certain events that were happening. I was I was working out of the country, and then I overlapped with another job, and it was just one of those things. Sometimes that happens, and uh, I was uh, uh, I really wanted to be there with everybody, um, but not everybody in the cast uh, could make it. People were off doing different things, so. Um, uh, this is the first time in about 11 months that I've uh, that I'm not working on something as of last week. So uh, it was an opportunity to uh, because I'm um, I'm very proud of uh, the the show and and uh, you know it was uh, it was a really incredible uh, experience working with everybody. Uh, so I have the very basic question of how did you get the part? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not sure how that happened, actually. Um, I think that it was, um, I know that there was a time uh, before it started filming that I was made aware of it, um, as everybody was. I read about it. I read about it online and something that uh, Mike Flanagan was going was gonna to make it. And I thought that it was a really interesting idea, and I was curious about it. So usually what happens is you then call up... Um, you know, the agent or whatever, and say, what do you know about this project or that kind of thing. And I'm not sure how this happened. Um, um, I think Mike Flanagan uh, and I had a conversation. Um, I expressed interest and then uh, um, I wanted to be a part of it. And uh, so it, it kind of went, went, went from there. I just thought it would be a really interesting, uh, you know, approach uh, to, uh, to the material um, and, he was putting together a very interesting cast and uh, to play a role like this, I thought was just all the different factors that go into it. So usually what happens, you know, you have a conversation and then that leads to another conversation and then dates are worked out and uh, all, all that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. What about, do you have reservations about working with uh, somebody like Mike Flanagan, whose name isn't uh, very widely known? 
Well, I think Mike Flanagan's name is widely known, and I think he's done a lot of uh, incredible work. Uh, and, um, you know, people that, that I talked to at the time, uh, you know, when I was um, thinking about doing it and everything, you know, uh, people were just, uh, you know, very excited um, about Mike Flanagan and the work that he had done. And I had seen the work he had done and everything. And he was very much on, on, on the minds of people um, in the business and out of, you know, the viewers, people that they go to the movies and watch things on Netflix, Netflix, et cetera. So, um, you know, uh, he had uh, an incredible, uh, you know, body of work, and he had an incredible approach to this material. Um, so, no, I mean, I was just excited. Uh, for the Emmys, uh, Netflix is campaigning you as a supporting actor and Henry Thomas as a lead actor. Uh, do they have conversations with you about that? Um, no, I mean, I think that they just sort of look at the whole thing and they decide, you know, uh, how does it all kind of work with what they're trying to do. And, and, uh, this is a big cast and, uh, you know, um, it's, 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 uh, it's not a conversation. It's, it's not something I don't think that the actors are really ever, uh, part of, you know, that's, that's more left other people. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll ask you one more thing about that. Uh, what about for, uh, ordinary people where you have one of the largest roles, uh, ever to win uh, supporting category, um, do you think that you should have been put in lead or is that just fine? Or... Well, after all these years, I can safely say that maybe it's good that I wasn't because Robert De Niro was nominated that year for Raging Bull. <laughs> um, no, but um, kidding aside, I, I, you know, that's, that's something that, that um, I've been asked before. And, you know, certainly back then um, they looked at someone who wasn't known if an actor wasn't known and they were kind of new to a film um, or new to people's awareness, then they would kind of, it didn't, it didn't matter what, how large a part they played. Uh, they would be kind of in the supporting role in terms of nominations and all that kind of thing. Or they would do it based on billing. If the person was, you know, third or fourth or fifth build, then that there was a sort of, this idea that they were a supporting role. In the case of Ordinary People, um, certainly the, the character was, you know, um, throughout the film. Uh, and I understand the, the question, definitely. But um, uh, it, it, uh, it, all, it worked out pretty good. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, had, I, had nothing, um, I had nothing to do with uh, those kinds of decisions. And even at the time, I it didn't occur to me that maybe it should be a different category. I just was excited that they were even going to uh, have that kind of um, approach in terms of nominations and, and all that, and that the film was even being considered um, in discussion about nominations. So I don't know how all that all breaks out, but I certainly understand uh, why people would think that maybe that role could have been a different category. Uh, who would you like to see nominated the most out of your co-stars from The Haunting of Hill House? Oh, I mean, it would be great if everybody was nominated. I mean, uh, I know that's not possible because some people are going to be in the same category. Well, actually, everyone could be nominated. Um, uh, and um, that would be that would be pretty amazing. Uh, it was uh, quite an amazing ensemble of, of, of people. Um, and, uh, you know, 
the younger actors playing the younger cranes and and then the older uh, as they grew up everybody uh all of them who who played those roles and um yeah uh you know it would be it would be amazing to see all of them yeah uh, if you are nominated, you'll have to submit uh, a single episode from the season as a showcase of your best work. Do you uh, have an episode in mind or have um, a scene that you remember that was particularly a standout in terms of your performance? Oh, gee, I don't know. I mean, um, I think, you know, the, 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 the episode six is a is a really interesting ep episode. Uh, you know, I think just across the board for, for the for the story and and for everyone, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I th you know there's, you know, for the character from episode six on, because he really kind of enters the story uh, from six on. I mean, he's in episode one and five, I believe, but uh, you know, you just sort of meet him a little bit. But I mean, from six on, he's kind of on a mission to try to reconnect with his kids and sort of, you know bring the family back together. Um, you know, uh, there are episodes seven and eight, um, the finale, certainly. Uh, I don't think older Hugh Crane is in nine. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I would leave that up to, you know, um, the, good, the good people at Netflix. So we also saw you this year on Jack Ryan and How to Get, Get Away with Murder. Uh, are you returning in seasons two and or three of Jack Ryan? Uh, no, um, the season two of Jack Ryan was filming uh, at the same time that I was doing uh, Honey Hill House and another project. Uh, so I couldn't do uh, uh, Jack Ryan. And the character really wasn't a character that needed to continue story-wise, you know? Uh, I. Um, very much liked working on Jack Ryan and with with John Krasinski and and uh, uh, producers are friends of mine uh, and uh, it was great working with Wendell uh, Pierce and everyone but that's just something that couldn't work out and and then on uh, how to get away with murder I'm not uh, sure and uh, what's going to happen uh, in terms of the character and the future and that I'm and I've been asked to kind of not not speculate uh, because there's some interesting surprises uh, ahead regarding that show. Okay, uh, what about, what was your reaction to kind of playing the big bad of the season on How to Get Away with Murder? Doing the what? Uh, playing the, like the big bad villain on How, get, how to Get Away with Murder this season. Uh, how did you respond to that? Well, I mean, it's fun. Anytime, anytime you play a role like that, you know, where, um, you know, it's, it's the, the character might be the one who you know did something and um, is a suspect. It's always fun to play that that kind of character, and that was a great group of people to to work with. And I got to do most of my work with Viola Davis, and that was really amazing. And uh, the different directors on the show. Uh, so yeah, um, it was. Uh, I'm not sure uh, you know what where that character is going to go, but uh, um, I'll know soon. All right. Well, uh, we look forward to watching you on our screens. And uh, thanks very much for joining. And to our viewers, you can go to Gold Derby and log your Emmy predictions. And also, uh, you can subscribe to, these, to this channel. All right. Thanks a lot.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.